Open by accident. We're back. I'm Nick. I'm Matt. Thanks for joining us again. Hope you guys are enjoying that new music because I really like it. Yeah, I like it too. Right on. Hey, I want to start off with a question for you. Yeah, shoot. So, little backstory. You you know this, but uh, just to show you where my mindset's going. Uh, a few weeks ago, our dad was asking to watch some James Bond films. Yeah. Both of us own them. I, I own, like, I think everyone except for maybe the brand, the newest one. Right. Uh, um, in a big box set. And uh, so I sent it down to his house. You sent yours down to the house. And I have an older format, so it's like a bunch of different box yeah, sets. Yeah, right, so. right. Whereas mine's more compact. Yes. Um, but uh, so he wanted to watch some James Bond films since he's uh, laid up right now. And it's like, okay, cool, you know. And he watches like four movies. He watches the uh, Sean Connery films. Fair. And then he returns the set. Really? He already so, returned it. Right. So my question is, is when you go to watch James Bond, do you just go to the generation that you grew up watching immediately? To be honest, actually, yeah. I think I'm the same way too. I so I was kind of like, movies. I was kind of like criticizing him when he returned it. Like you already returned it. There's like 30 movies in here. And he's like, yeah, I watched the ones I wanted to watch. That's fair, but for him, he grew up and like I remember having conversations with him about like the Roger Moore movie, you know, and and, and all of them. So it's like you just watched. One yeah, of but the, the Roger Moore movies are not that good in know, comparison to some of the other ones. I don't know. I just I feel like I've had conversations with our dad about those movies, how he enjoyed them. So it's weird that he just watched the Sean Connery and gave up. You know, like yeah. me, I grew up with the Pierce Brosnan movies, right. so I'll watch those over and over and over again. Right. You know? So there was like a, a like a maybe like a six year hiatus between i think 89 and 95 between the timothy dalton and then the pierce brosnan okay so like that would have been probably my peak time to watch when i was like a young teenager yeah um because i don't remember watching the timothy dalton movies as a kid i watched them probably later after i'd already seen the pierce brosnan one so i'm kind of in that same pierce era brosnan. where it's like i want to watch Goldeneye, i want to watch yeah. the one after that and it's not enough yeah the world is not enough day uh, basically up through about like 2002 ish, and then, but I really enjoy the um, uh, Daniel Craig, Daniel Craig mo mm -hmm. movies as well. So, you know, if I had to like rank the James Bonds, it'd probably be Pierce Brosnan. Probably then it would go to uh, Daniel Craig, then Sean Connery, then I'd probably put Timothy Dalton in there. Really? Uh, yeah, I those those two Timothy Dalton movies are pretty action packed. Um, that's fair. And then uh, what is it? George Lazen, George Lazenby, yeah. Lazenby. He did his one, and then and then Roger Moore at the end. I can't. Yeah. St I. It, it's funny as some of the, my favorite characters originated in the Roger Moore films, but I just don't like Roger Moore as a James I Bond. Yeah, I don't think he did a very good job as James Bond. He's no. a, he's a good actor. I do enjoy enjoy him as an actor. I just yeah, it wasn't James Bond. Like Sean Connery, perfect. You know, you got to have the right gentleman vibe. You know, right, right. So, so when trying too hard, it just yeah it comes off. Yeah, like I said, my immediate reaction to Dad to returning it after watching four movies was like, uh, what are you doing? And then it was like, oh, I get it, because I kind of do the same thing. It's like when I want to watch a James Bond movie, I always want to watch it in the fall for some reason, and then it's like, uh, I'll watch Goldeneye. Yeah, but I mean, like, he could have just asked for those, you know? I could have given him just the, the Sean Connery movies, right, you right. know, instead of bringing five big old collections and he be said like, he oh, I already got them, sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> God dang it. <laughs> yeah. So I guess if we ever uh, find the individual releases like on DVD or something, just have to find the Sean Connery ones and he'd be set. Yeah, that's fair. So a little news um, that affects us potentially in the near future. Uh, we, we play a game Rust, obviously. Uh, if you listen to the show, you understand we play Rust. Uh, recently, Unity, the game engine that um, Rust runs on, 
has uh, gone to a format where they're going to start charging by the install. Um, essentially, the way I understand it is once they hit like a certain threshold of installs, they'll start charging an additional fee per install to, you know, face punch for, you know, this this uh, game being installed yet again. Okay. So the way it, I'm, I'm understanding it works is essentially is if you bought this game 10 years ago and it's already hit that threshold, let's say it's 200,000. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though you already own the game, you've already purchased the game, you know, face punch is going to get hit with a little fee because you decided to install it again and play it again. That's just, that's, that's crazy to me. I don't know. Sure. So, you know, for a game like rust, which is huge, it's got a, huge install base it's probably still selling you know by the thousands you know every month if not more yeah um the the problem is is for like your smaller game games that use that unity engine is basically it's gonna cause them to like yank it off of you know like steam for example because they don't want more people installing it because they're not making any money off of it that's true so if they they just keep getting hit with installs but not any sales it could potentially bankrupt a company. Damn. So from a perspective of game preservation, I mean, this is bad. Yeah. Um, plus, it's just like, in my opinion, corporate greed. Well, and, and there is a there is a lot of games that use Unity. So it's like, right. man, and, and there's a lot of smaller games that use them because Unity's one of those engines where a lot of people use it to start out, you know, depending on what kind of Unity that they're using. But I just see like it's, it's a, a widespread engine to use. So... Yeah. I don't yeah. know, like you said, a lot of the smaller games. And, and here's the thing, too, is like a, a big game like Rust that we, we play on console, um, this could trickle down to us where now all of a sudden, you know, we've been pl- we bought the game and we've been playing the game for almost three years. Now all of a sudden there's a, a monthly fee to play the game online because Unity decided they got to get a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, I... Because as it is right now, you know, like Face Punch or any other game studio that is using the Unity engine, they're paying like a monthly fee to use the engine. Yeah. So now, now they're getting an, an additional fee for installs. So like, you know, the example of let's say a game gets a resurgence and, you know, because there's like new content. Well, let's say 100,000 people uninstalled it because they're like, well, there hadn't been anything new in a couple of years and then the game has a resurgence. Well, now all of a sudden you have 100,000 new installs, but no new sales. That's a big hit on a smaller company. Yeah. Because I've heard that it's like 20 cents an in- install. That's I just... Or up to 20 cents. I mean, I just... It literally makes it so, like, if you don't have a way of making money, like, from skins or cosmetics or something where people are constantly paying, then you're, you're constantly going to have installs, so you're going to be losing money. Right. Extravagantly, you know? Right. So, I don't know. I was I was listening to another podcast, uh, which I highly recommend. It's uh, called Retro Warriors, and they were talking about this, and uh, which kind of brought it light to me. And I kind of wanted to put my perspective on it because I play a game on the Unity engine, and um, basically, you know, they they were talking about how you know this this will shut down games, and uh, you know that 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 perspective of you know you're going to see stuff yanked off of services mm-hmm. because they can't afford to pay these fees and and it's it's just it it blows my mind it just seems like they're catering to like the pay to win games you know the right. games where people are just right. constantly dishing money out because it'll circumvent the the install fees i just 
Right. Seems like they're going in the wrong direction. Yeah. Um, with this, uh, I guess one of the developers from Face Punch did come out and say that, uh, you know, they're kind of, you know, realizing their mistakes of not developing their own game engine in, over the past 10 years because Rust is a 10-year-old game. Yep. And uh, they did confirm that when in if Rust 2 goes into development, it will not be running on the Unity engine. Yep. I mean, so, I mean, there's already, you know, people responding to this that, you know, hey, this isn't cool. Yeah, backlash of sorts. And, yeah. I mean, it, it, I'm glad. I'm glad that people are speaking up against it, you know, not just rolling with the punches because, I don't know, that just seems so wild that they're going for more money. You more know, money. It's all about yeah, money. Yeah, yeah, it's all it comes down to is it's... Not it's about quality games anymore, quality yep. engines. It's all about money. Yep, yep. Um. With with that with Rust, uh, like I said, we do play on console. Uh, as of uh, this month, the what do I want to call them? <laughs> Community servers. Community private servers. servers, private servers are uh, going into test mode on console on the test branch. Is, yeah, which is big on test branch, and then uh, by the end of twenty twenty three, they should be implemented into the actual Rust game. Nice. Uh, so that's big. And our hope is that we can get our own server for our community. Mm-hmm. And uh, my hope and plan is that we can set up, it, depending on how many people we get, uh, set up some duos and trios, uh, maybe just randomize it amongst our group. Because, uh, you know, there's there's definitely different skill levels. And, yeah. uh, you know, when certain people probably want to team up together, it's because they recognize each other's skills or maybe it's just from a social perspective because you know some of us are more sociable with others than you know other people in the group but i thought it'd be fun to just kind of totally randomize it and then set up uh, a server you know i think you even mentioned like making it two times so we're not spending so much time you right know, farming and setting up bases bring and, in people who you know don't want to spend hours upon hours yep. just to get a start you know yeah but uh you know really have like a big face off against our 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 group because you know if we can get everybody that we've played with over the past two or three years that we've teamed up with i mean it'd be easy to have a server with just that core group alone of 20 to 30 people yeah and and another thing about it is rust is a very stressful and anger inducing game you know so having a server just with our friends i think it would take not all of that out of it but a lot of it because you know we literally are all friends with each other you know we can talk it out and not just get rated End of the end of the wipe. Well, and and another thing I'm thinking too is our father enjoys playing, but he doesn't like the stressful aspect of worrying about getting raided or getting door camped right. or, or getting pooped on when he's out there farming because he's really not that good at the game. He enjoys the game, but you know his PvP skills and his alertness are are on the lower end. And that's like seventy five percent of the game, unfortunately. Yeah, and it's one of those things where it's like, okay, guys, if you uh, if you like kill our dad you know it's like that's cool i mean that's part of the game but maybe only loot like two or three items and then pick him up (laughs) yeah it it gives us the option to make our own rules for the server right right and like you you had mentioned like raiding only on certain days you know oh yeah that working their asses off don't have to come back to a rated base yeah exactly still enjoy the wipe it's like okay we're gonna set it up you know like on these certain days of the week is raid days so if you're not on you knew it was a raid day that's on you. Yeah. So, you know, it, I think it'd be fun. It'll help us for people like our father and me who are a little bit lower skilled players to 
go and run monuments and, you know, learn the ins and outs of them and actually hone your skills in and, and actually get better at PVP because now you're not as afraid to, you know, ro- roam around with guns because you're, you got that gear fear. I mean, yeah. cause you know, I always play with at least a couple of people like lately it's just been, uh, me and two of our core group members and we've been doing duoing trioing and, um, and it's one of those things where, you know, you're not, you're, you have to get used to the perspective of not running with a big Zerg and having less gear in your base. So I'm, I'm thinking, oh, man, I ain't taking out an MP5 and we only have two, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm not going to take out a Tommy. We only have a few of them, you know? Uh, so then, you know, I'm going out with like a DB or bow and arrow or, you know, whatever, something low tier weapon. Whereas now it'll be easier to get stuff. Cause you're going to be on a lower pop server most likely. And, um, you know you're playing with other people, so it, yeah, it's it's just going to work out better. Where, yeah, you know, I'm going to be able to hone in my skills better, and not just with our own private server, but community servers in general. Uh, that that opens up options because I, I, you know, we both have crazy ideas for right uh, different wipes that we want to do, whether it be a caveman wipe where we just use prim gear and talking yep. grunts, you know, or yep. our fire only ammo I really want to do and be the fire starters, stuff like that. But it's hard to do that in a normal server because everybody's just so gung ho, you know. Yeah, be I got to be on top. I got to be on top. So it's just, it's literally just, yeah. you know, PvP 24 7. Yeah. So being able to do more community-based things would be kind well, of Well, see, cool. you know, that'd be a fun wipe, or at least for a couple hours. It's like nobody can build bases. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, 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 I don't know, like wipe day, you know? Yeah. Instead of everybody, you know, trying to get a base down, nobody can build a base. So it's like, yep. you know, just, there's stashes everywhere. Right, stashes you know, everywhere. Day yeah. two, people can start building bases. Yeah. yeah, little things like that, you know, tons right. of ideas that you can actually implement without just being shit on by the top tier t- clan yeah, of the server. Yeah, yeah, when a six man rolls up on you, you know. Yeah, you're building a, a wooden compound to be like a, a trapper, and then they just raid you, take your stuff, move on to the yeah. next one. You know, it's like okay. <laughs> so uh, one one thing that uh, Nick and I talked about actually last night when we were talking about ideas for this uh, this week's episode is, uh, you know, we had mentioned about doing the random uh, teamings or groupings, mm-hmm. and uh, I said, well, what ha- what would happen if uh, like we had like. Um, Daniel and Derek, who've been on the show yeah. uh, for our Rust episodes, got teamed up because they're both pretty good oh, yeah. at the game. And I'm like, well, I think what would happen is they'd probably start pooping on everybody. And then and everybody would team up and like poop on them. Yeah. It's like, yeah, okay, you guys got us 2v2, but you got us 8v2. <laughs> yeah, and that's why I think the multiple teams instead of just two big teams. you know, Right, yeah. I, I mean, think, that would also be fun, but... Yeah, having a bunch of different teams, that way it's not all, you know, you never know what you're going to come across when you go to a monument or something like that. Yeah, so, yeah. No, I I, uh, I I think to start uh, the first uh, server that, at least if I were in charge of it, would definitely be, like, small groups. Yeah. Two, depending on how many people are. I mean, honestly, if if, if, we, had tw- if we had 20 people, I'd say let's do... Uh, uh, duos. If we had thirty people, I'd say let's do trios yeah, because fair. that way you got ten groups. Yeah, and uh, you know, obviously, we don't know the details of the community servers yet. Right, but, we don't um, know pricing yet. We're we're gung ho going to try to get a server. So anybody who listens, you know, if you guys want to possibly play Rust, we do play on Xbox. So uh, yeah, send us a message. Yeah, we'd or like email. to get some of our local friends playing. Uh, uh, maybe we can get our friends uh, over at our retro election to uh, play on the. Uh, 
console version. Yeah. I know that they both are on the Series X and Series S now mm-hmm. by listening to some recent episodes. So, yeah, anybody who listens, you know, if you've wanted to play Rust, but it's yeah. just not up your alley because you get murdered immediately, well, this might be the server <laughs> to well, yeah. try it out on. Yeah, because uh, our group's skill level ranges from, on a scale of 1 to 10, uh, it ranges literally from 1 to 10. Yep. I mean, we and have people that are like in that one, two range and we have people that are at that 10 range. In my opinion, we're fun guys who try to get along 20, most of the time, you know, we're not trying to be the top tier, top right. client on, on the server 24 seven, always focused on whatever, you know, we try no, to we, 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 yeah, exactly. We try to find things to keep our, our, our interest yeah. in. Yeah. New things, rest. you know, yeah. new and improve things, but yeah. I mean, like for example, uh, uh, Derek and I were playing on a, uh, a server, uh, like as a trio with one of our other friends uh-huh. and uh, Derek logged in and he immediately messaged me, Hey, are you getting on? Because we're getting raided. Well, he was defending the raid. Well, he uh, killed, it was, a, it was like either two or three of them, but he killed them all. And uh, uh, I log in and we're trying to figure out what to do. They've already gotten our TC. So I put down a TC, shut the doors and, Unfortunately, Derek went and pushed him again, and then he died. I mean, because he was outnumbered. Um, he's much better at PvP than I am. But, uh, you know, we ended up losing the raid. Uh, we do get the base back because we figured out a way back in um, after they had sealed. So they weren't that great at the game. And <laughs> every time that we'd get in, Derek would kill him. And then... Uh, they start talking in game chat and you know they're like oh, we got you guys you know free loot free free loot you guys went through an armored wall you know you spent probably they probably spent like 20 24 rockets just yeah. getting into our base and um uh then they they make the claim that we were door camping them and that's why they raided us it's like no we we haven't door camped anybody on this server yet I mean, not to say that we don't door camp. Yeah. So what did we do after they raided us? We went and door camped them because yeah. they claimed we door camped them. And of course, Derek's pooping all over them. <laughs> and uh, probably the funniest moment was is one of my best skills. I feel is I'm a scout. I can I can I get somewhere and I identify what's going on, and I just observe and then I make call outs. And uh, I'm doing that exact thing, same thing. One of them is farming trees right outside their base. And I don't have a weapon, so I didn't push him. And then uh, the guy had a spaz. And so I say, he's got a spaz, he's naked, he's got, you know, uh, a high tier hatchet, whatever mm-hmm. it's called, salvage cleaver. Or, salvage or, cleaver. or is it? No, no, no salvage, salvage axe. Salvage axe, okay. Yeah. And uh, so Derek's trying to get over as quick as he can. He's got a DB. And sure enough, you know, I tell him where he's going and he cuts him off and they get into a little scuffle and Derek wins. Full inventory of wood. <laughs> so they must have been using an uh like an a ort or, or something. Or, but, uh, yeah. So when you get killed and you have an ort going, it goes away. Yeah. So we we did that, got away with the uh, the wood. We went to a uh, a safe zone, which I think was like fishing village. It was the closest one nearby. And of course they follow us over there and they're like clapping at us. And it's like, yeah, we just got an inventory of wood from you, and wasted your ort. You yeah. know. And of course they leave thinking that we're stuck there and I'm and and we're like, Well what do we do with the wood? I'm just like dump it in the ocean. Yeah. It's not like you guys need it, you know. They need <laughs> no, it. No, we don't have a base. Yeah. We I mean we do, but it's we gotta climb in through the very top floor yeah. and through a window to get it's in. Partially our base. Rated and all yeah. That. And, yeah, we were done on the server. At this point we're just staying on to harass these guys. Yeah. So I mean, that's how how we make fun um, at you know, going outside the box of playing Rust, not just, you know, running monuments, raiding, you know 
the norm. Yeah. And that's there's always something new to be done with all the crazy crap that Rust includes. It just sucks that without community servers or, you know, you can't um, experience rule that. sets. Yeah, it's just all yeah, who's on top. You know? Yeah, so I I I I predict that unless we build the server to its full capacity, it will be a temporary thing. Yeah. It might last a few months. It might last a wipe. Right. But if we don't build the community, that that server will probably fizzle because people will get bored of doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah, yeah. And that's why, you know, I mean, we have weird ideas for communities. So it's like if, if I don't, like I said, we don't know what kind of admin privileges we might have if we make a server and stuff like that. But I feel yeah. like we could make a... A fairly decent server with unique aspects. Well, yeah, and, just... and then as we bring people in, people are going to have their own ideas, and it's like, mm-hmm. okay, we can try that, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, we'll try to wean out the people who are just trying to play Rust the way it's been yeah. played on Xbox. Another them. another big thing with community servers is you you have people you can assign as admins, which essentially means that you can weed out the cheaters. Yeah. So the the biggest thing with console Rust that you run into is people using mouse and keyboard and then zenning. And there's another one where they're basically using aim assists and yeah. and that sort of thing. Um, with being an admin or, or, you know, as a Rust player, it's easy to identify because it's like, oh, come on. There's no way you could have got that without assists. Yeah. Uh, so essentially we can make it so that it's like, no, this is, you know, Rust with the controller. It's like, if you want to go play with the mouse and keyboard, go on PC. You know, so see, it, and that's you always see, we can weed out those people that yeah, and you that always use see in games like Rust or Call of Duty, the super competitive games, the cheaters always come out, you know, because they want to be on right. top and they want to do it the wrong way. I'm like, just get good at the game, my guy. Yeah, yeah, so get, hopefully, yeah, get good. Um, in the way the game was intended. Yeah, yeah it's a total skill issue, you know, when right. people are using mods. Right. Um, moving on. Unless you have anything else to add to that. No, I'm just uh, excited okay. for, you know, I think that'll bring me in because I haven't played Rust in a while, and that'll, hopefully this will bring me back. So, so um, I wanted to just touch on this. I know you're not a wrestling fan, but... Uh, I enjoy some. Some. Some wrestlers. Uh, Wrestle Dream, AEW Wrestle Dream, the latest pay-per-view, mm-hmm. happened on Sunday, and uh, Adam Copeland, the rated R superstar, yeah, made his debut in AEW. You'll know him as Edge from WWE. Right. Now, he is a lifelong WWE guy. He's been there since, like, 98 off and on, but nowhere else. Gotcha. So this is big that he's in AEW. Um, he made his debut uh, attacking Christian's cronies. Okay. Uh, I can't think of the little guy's name, but he just kind of defected from uh, Darby Allen's side and joined forces with Luchasaurus and Christian Cage. And... Uh, Adam Copeland's first match is this coming Tuesday in AEW versus Luchasaurus. Okay. And the cool part is, is I'm going to be at that show because I'm going. Hell yeah. Uh, That'll be fun. Yeah. It's actually a pretty stacked card next week. So, but that's probably going to be the, the headline Who match. Who else is going to be there? Uh, Moxley's going to face off for the international title again. Um, okay. Soraya's going to defend her women's title. Uh, there's a number one contenders match for the TNT title. Oh, who was it? It's a big, it's a big match. I forget already. Okay. But no, this the card is, is stacked for next week, which oh, is exciting. That'd be cool though. Um especially you get to see the first match of, you know, Edge's, you know, 
intro introduction to yeah. AEW. And uh, I was talking with one of my friends about, you know, his, his debut and we were kind of surprised and caught off guard that he's going by the rated R superstar because that was kind of a gimmick of edge in WWE. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess WWE dropped the ball and didn't really license the rated R superstar. So it's like, Oh, okay, well we're going to do that. See, and I, I, I wish they dropped the ball more because that's one thing I'm, I'm not a huge fan of is, is them I, changing. Names. Yeah. Because I don't know. The I names. don't mind it so much when they use their real name. So like, like page, uh-huh. for example, you knew her as page, right? Uh, she's using like her real name as Soraya. Okay, so her real name is... I'm pretty positive. Okay. Yeah. So I don't mind it so much when they come over and then they use their real name. Yeah. So the other thing that caught me off guard is something you don't normally see when, you know, somebody jumps ship is using their same original music. But I guess that Adam Copeland is actually friends with the band that does his music and the licenses with him as a person, not with WWE as a company. So besides the name change, it's basically like so Edge the only is thing now in AEW. Right. It feels exactly it's, like Edge is he, there. He's he's the only, the the only difference is, is he's going by Adam Copeland, right. the rated R superstar Adam Copeland. But he's still got the same vibe that he's had. Yeah, same music. Yep. yep. Cool. Yep. Uh, last night he did come out and called out Christian. Of course. Life, life, lifelong tag team partners. And... Uh, uh, we thought that we we're going to, cause he actually asked Christian to team up with them and like, Hey, let's, let's end this together. Let's show the world that we're the best tag team. Mm-hmm. Let's, you know, face the young bucks. Let's face FTR. Let's, let's show them that, you know, we're it, we're, we're the bar. And, uh, they hug it out. And as they're hugging, Christian t- says into the mic, uh, go, go F yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, dang, so close. Yeah. So close. But I'm, I'd imagine we're going to get a Christian, uh, Copeland match probably at the next pay per view. Yeah, I mean that's what they go for. They go for the the butting heads up until they shake hands. You know, <laughs> right, so. right. So yeah, because I mean the cool thing is is AEW uh, has the Hardy Boys, and now they have Edge and Christian. Man, it's I mean I I want to I I know they're old. I know they they can't move like they could have in their twenties, <laughs> but. It's still like holy cow, yeah. and it's still that hype, you know. That that's yeah. why I love, love wrestling is because the hype yeah. behind it. You know, it's it's always super fucking fun. You know, when you see somebody coming out that you don't expect, and you're like, oh hell yeah, yeah. You know? So that. the only downside to, uh, to the recent uh, news in AEW is Jade Cargill, uh, the former TBS Women's Champion. She jumped ship to WWE, and she's probably one of the biggest up and coming names in women's wrestling. So that was kind of a big blow, I think, to AEW. But Mm -hmm. um, in the short term, I think Adam Copeland is definitely a bigger name. Uh, I say short term as in like maybe a year or two because Copeland's getting up there in age. He's like 50, 51 or something like that. So So question for you, is there anybody, I guess, left in WWE that you would like to see come to AEW? Oh, sure. There's tons of wrestlers that are in uh, WWE. I guess there's anybody in WWE that you would still watch WWE stuff because of them because of them yeah yeah um i why can't i uh braun breaker is the one that i'd love to see in aew i just don't know that they would know what to do with him because he's a big guy okay and they have big guys in aew and they don't know what to do with them yeah so i mean that's that's one of my favorite wrestlers speaking of big man is uh braun Strowman. i was braun Strowman. right yeah he'd be fun to see in aew but there again he's a big guy and i just don't just throws people yeah i just don't think aew knows how to handle a big man yeah but 
handling a big man in today's era is a lot different than like say the eighties and even nineties. Yeah. Cause you just made him, <clears throat> you know, a myth among men, you know, yeah. if you will. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. They, they really in truth, if they're that big of a guy, they just need to be a special attraction. Yeah. Um, I had another thought on, uh, wrestling. Oh, uh, that's where I wanted to go with this. Uh, I will say this with, Adam Copeland going to AEW and Jade Cargill going to WWE. This is the closest to me that it's ever felt like watching wrestling, at least in my heyday, I'm sure in most people's heyday of the Monday Night Wars, because you've seen a lot of wrestlers jumping back and forth between WCW and, and WWF in the like late nineties uh, up until like 2000 ish. Okay. So, this really feels like you have competition for WWE. This is the, this is where it was just like, okay, we kind of knew that AEW was a competitor, but landing, you know, a lifelong WWE guy, you know, that's a big name still. Yeah. That to me is like, and okay. And that kept most of his same stuff, yeah. you know. It's like, okay, this is AEW's real competition for WWE. This is this is the this is the new, you know, war amongst wrestling companies. I mean, from the get go, I've kind of felt that vibe because AEW's been done really well up until uh, yeah. still up until now. You know, I mean, yeah, it's, uh, it's a good competitor. It it. I mean, I know that it's 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 the cheap cheap things like it just being on TBS and TNT, but it it does feel like WCW to me. It, it's it's more about rest wrestling and less about story. Although they could work on their stories a little bit better. And yeah. I think they're getting better with it. Um, especially like with the build for MJF versus uh, um, Jay White. That's going to be the title match at uh, Full Gear. That's going to be a good match. Okay. Yeah. I um, I don't know who to root for. I really like them both. But. It'll be a fun anyways. one. Uh, so uh, if you'd like to reach out to us. So by accident at uh, gmail.com and then you can follow us on Instagram. Um, but we're going to get into our main topic now, which uh, is revisiting the view ask you universe, which we haven't done in quite a few episodes. And both of us just recently watched the movie clerks Two. Yes. Um, and I, I was thinking about this. Uh, is it view ask you or is it view ask you? I don't know. I just kind of, uh, you know, the I don't I was, know. When I was watching clerks too. I was like, USQ. Like yes, I kind of said it all together and I'm like, maybe, huh. maybe that was the intention. I don't, yeah, I don't know. It's two words. So yeah. I don't know. Anyways. So clerks two is the direct sequel to clerks, which we have covered already. Mm-hmm. Uh, the movie uh, follows again, Dante and Randall. Uh, it opens with um, Randall going to work. Like in the original clerks, it's got a lot of the same vibes. Well, it, it starts with Dante going to work. Da- did I say Randall? I'm yeah, sorry. I meant, I meant to say Dante. Yeah. I had Dante in my head. Yeah. You know, that hideous chud. Uh, his chud kid. Yeah, and his chud kid. <laughs> You're getting ahead of yourself. Sorry, there. sorry, sorry. Um, but essentially, it, it opens where he's still working at the quick stop. He opens up the shutters, and in, instead of there being gum in the locks, uh, the whole place is ablaze. Yeah, and he just closes and the curtain or yeah, the, the metal sheet. Shade, like, I didn't just see up. that. And then he lifts it back up, and yeah, it's on fire. Um, and... You know, there's fire engines, and then Randall shows up late like normal. Just and walks into the store like everything's fine. Yeah, he's shuttled yeah, out. Yeah, he gets shut down. Yeah, and uh, I think Randall says, it thinks it's terrorists. Yeah. Um, and then he realizes, I left the coffee pot on again, didn't I? Yep. So Randall ended up burning down the quick stop. Yep. 
and that's where they start working at Mubi's. We're introduced to the the fast food restaurant Mubi's, right? Uh, which I'm assuming is just like a burger place, like a Burger King or a McDonald's. Uh, but uh, you know that some of the names like uh, what. what? I can't remember the the name of the burger. The skinny calf. The skinny calf or something. Yeah. The, the moo milk shake. You know. Yeah. And and every customer that comes in says them by like the names and it's yes. just so ridiculous. Yeah. They're they're called fun employees on their name tags. Yeah. It's ridiculous. But it, you know you kind of get a little montage of them you know prepping for breakfast and making the disgusting eggs that comes on a log roll and. So one thing I will say that I loved about the intro was that it starts like clerks one mm-hmm. in black and white you know him going up to the quick stop whatever and then after it burns down and then they start doing their movies montage, that's right it, it is it in black and white expe- because the the fire is the only color yeah in that yeah. scene yeah so okay and i'll touch on that at the end of the yeah the thing too um so probably about 15 minutes into the movie we get introduced to a brand new character to the clerks universe which i i think he's absolutely great yeah, I don't know if he tops Elias. Randall for me, but when Randall and H- Elias are together, oh yes. my god! Yes, <laughs> yes. So Elias is a uh, a nineteen year old Christian teenager that hasn't really seen or experienced life outside of church, and he works at movies with uh, uh, Mr. Dante. Calls him Mr. Mr. Da- Dante. Mr. Dante. Uh, he's he's big into Transformers, and you know that's a scene where he's. Because this movie came out in 2006, and it was just recently announced that there's going to be a Transformers live-action movie. So his online user handle is Optimus Prime. So he's like, super I, excited. he's super excited because he has like the best handle for what's going on. Yeah, and uh, he's also the employee of the month at movies. Right, right. Uh, his facial re- reactions and just make him. He's 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 a really good actor. He is, uh, and his character is hilarious. Oh, oh yeah, should we get into uh, the troll? <laughs> I know this is fast forwarding a little bit. Yeah, but um, the, uh, one of the one of the most like jaw dropping. Uh, this one, this one's definitely more crude than the first Clerks movie, and uh, they're they're talking about sex, Randall and Elias, and because Randall's starting to realize, wait, I just figured it out. You're a virgin. Yeah, and. Elias is defenses. He has a girlfriend, but she has a pussy troll. Yes. Which his name's pillow pants, pillow pants. (laughs) And, uh, basically, you know, she wants to have sex. She wants to have sex, but she can't until she pees out pillow pants on her 21st 21st birthday. birthday. Otherwise pillow pants will bite off off his Elias dick. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And the whole time that he's explaining this and he's talking about, you know, the troll in her mouth, you know, and the troll in her and whatever. Do you remember the troll mouth trolls? Name? I don't remember his Listerfine. name. Listerfine. Listerfine. <laughs> so they haven't even kissed. Her name's Myra, by the way. Yeah. They haven't kissed because she has a, a mouth troll named Listerfine. Yes. I just love how he's explaining this whole thing and Randall starts this this, you know, conversation because he wants to know. And Randall just goes quiet because he's like Oh, his jaw is just he's fascinated. Like, <laughs> he's like, what he's like, Oh, he wants to hear the whole story. <laughs> It's it's he'd hysterical. Ask, he'd ask short questions like, so what was its name? <laughs> you know, just yeah. Like trying to find out the whole truth of, of pillow pants and Listerfine. So that that's a good explanation of Elias. Um, he probably after about an hour of the movie, that's when the movie kind of falls off for me, uh, and they kind of go a little extreme with the the dance and the 
Uh, yeah. The send off. Yeah. Um, but some other new characters into the show, the movie are, um, I can't think of her character name. Is your stomach growling? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> a little hungry. <laughs> uh, Rosario Dawson's character. Yep. I can't think Becky. of what. Becky. Thank mm-hmm. you. Beckola. <laughs> Becky and uh, Dante have a really uh, good rapport. And Becky's like the manager. Of she's movies, like, she's movies. taken over the manager of movies because her uncle like got ill, I guess, who was running the store and she filled in. No, I, I think she, she took the job as like a cashier or something because her uncle was ill and then moved up because she's been there for years because, you know, okay. he's still not, he's still not well. Okay. Um, but, uh, probably, a, you know, a very funny scene at, you know, is when she's being introduced, she's pulling into the parking lot and Dante's wiping down glass windows and, and he sees her pull in and they make eye contact and he gives her the little like, uh, uh, princess wave, yeah, like, like huh? and Randall, <laughs> you know, comes right up next to Dante and like, what in the F was that? You know, like, <laughs> she'll be in here in 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> they're waving at each other. You guys are banging, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. Well, which it turns out, yes, they were, they at least once because we find out that Becky later on in the movie is pregnant with uh, Dante's Mr. child. Dante's. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Dante, that hideous chud. <laughs> uh, so shortly after we're introduced to Becky, we're introduced to Dante's fiance. Because this whole movie revolves around Dante's last day in New Jersey working at movies because he's going to move to Florida with his fiance to go run one of her father's car washes, car washes and they're going to get married. Mm-hmm. Different girl than um, uh, Becky. Yeah. Um, this character is actually portrayed by Kevin Smith's real and real life wife. Oh, really? I didn't know that. She is like the most obnoxious character in the whole Clerks universe. I agree with that. Uh, she comes in wearing a t-shirt that says Mrs. Hicks. Mrs. Hicks. And just climbs over the counter and starts making out no, with, them, with Dante. Yeah. <laughs> um, what we know about uh, Mrs. Hicks is that she has uh, an oversized clitoris. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, when she lifts up her shirt, she's got some really ugly boobs. Yep. With a weird see-through bra. bra thing yeah. I'm like, that's no, weird that, that's not doing anything for me. Um, I wasn't a fan of her in this in this movie just because like some some of the writing choices or acting like how she's like oh I gotta go I got a lot of, lot to do before before we know. leave you and know then she's back there like every hour you yeah. know to to see and Dante the way she, and the way she talks uh, about Dante or to Dante like oh him him's a good guy and yeah. I'm like no yeah. oh my god like baby talking him I guess I guess the idea of her is like she was the hot girl in high school and. That wouldn't she, give him the time she would of day. never give somebody like him the time of day, and she's decided that she's going to quit dating all the good-looking buttheads, and she's going to go for a guy that treats her right. Because, yeah, he, he works hard because yes. he always had to, you know. Yeah. So, um, as we fast-forward, um, we have a donkey show. <laughs> yeah. Kinky an- Kelly and... Sexy stud, the sexy stud. Randall which, gets for Dante as a going away present, right? Which turns out to be uh, the sexy stud is a dude. Yeah, and, Kinky Kelly is and Kinky the donkey. Kelly is the donkey, and uh, the women. That's where we Where's find out Elias is, you know, first time getting drunk, and then so detached from reality that he is very turned on by this donkey show. Yes, and starts, yeah. you know, because it's probably the first time he's ever seen any kind of like sex act. Yeah. Yeah. So he's, um, so he starts jacking off in front of everybody. That was, yeah. That was a good time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and th- like I said, this is where the movie kind of like falls off. Yeah. At least until like the last like 10 minutes. I don't really care for the kinky Kelly scene or the, 
the jail cell scene when yeah. they get arrested uh, afterward because of uh, the donkey show. And I like the jail scene. It it, it adds um, some backstory to Randall and, and Dante, how the, their friendship, you know, and also <laughs> brings the whole Jay and Silent Bob, how they're actually rich. <laughs> yeah, like, but no explanation. Just, yeah. oh, yeah, we'll loan you the money to reopen the quick stop. I mean, they're drug dealers, and they just stand I, doing nothing. So. so I guess they're just pocketing all that money. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's where the movie leads is them reopening the quick stop themselves and running it for themselves that in the rst video yep uh next door as long as jay and silent bob can can stand, stand out in front without, having without being harassed and, or called on them uh so i mean it the movie ends on a high note uh with them running the quick stop uh dante runs off his fiance because she finds out that becky and him have a thing going on because she walks in on them making out after and that's yeah. one of my favorite scenes is, is that one because she walks in with a cake saying like, you know, going going away cake or something like mm-hmm. that wearing a dress for Dante. And as soon as she walks in, uh, uh, Becky and Dante have like confessed their love for each other so they're making out or something. Yep. And uh, she's like, oh man. And then, and then Jay walks up and he's like, oh, cake, sweet. <laughs> he's, like, yeah. he's like, hey, Emma, I heard you're getting pregnant. You're pregnant. Oh, it's Emma. That's right. Yeah, okay. and, yeah. and she's like, no. And he's like, oh, I heard from some asshole. And then, like, you know, she kicks him in the nuts and he's on his knees. And then Jay's just like, here, hit him in the face with this fucking cake. Yeah. (laughs) And she hits him in the face with the cake. Yeah. Just like, God damn it, Jay. (laughs) But, uh, yeah. uh, And then essentially, uh, you know, that's when we realize that Dante and Becky are going to make a go of it of relationship. Uh, He proposes to her through the movie's drive-thru. And then, you know, Fast forward to when they're opening up the quick stop. She's standing there with them for the grand opening, you know, very pregnant. So uh, that's got to be a huge chud. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So overall, I really enjoyed Clerks 2. Like I said, especially the the first like 40 minutes to an hour. Mm -hmm. Um, Another really good scene in that early part of the movie. I mean, anytime Randall's on screen, his quips are hilarious. Oh, yeah. so Elias is working the front counter and he makes the comment. Uh, somebody orders, somebody one orders onion rule. rings and he says one ring to rule them all. <laughs> and, and then of course the customer is also a big Lord of the Rings junkie and he says something back. He and says like they, one ring to cast it away or something. Yeah. Yeah. And they both like whip out their like preciouses. Yeah. Uh, Elias has got one on a key, on a chain and I think, I think the I think the other one might have. I think he was wearing a T-shirt or something. I don't know, but anyways, uh, they became best friends right off the bat. (laughs) Right, and Randall recognizes this, and he's like, "There's only one trilogy," and you know, referencing to the original Star Wars trilogy, and um, this is probably one of the most quote-worthy things in the movie is him explaining what the Lord of the Rings trilogy was about, which is literally walking. For two and a half movies, and then the last part of the movie is him walking and then just like, oh, there's the volcano. Let me just throw that in there. Yeah, and I love his explanation of uh, the true ending of Lord of the Rings, where they should have ended it (laughs) when Frodo's in bed and and Sam's looking at him all all gay. (laughs) Yes, yeah. And he keeps going on about the the gay tangent and how, you know, Frodo and Sam were basically banging each other. The customer (laughs) is getting, like, so upset with him. He throws up on the he, He makes him throw up from... You know, Sam and Frodo being, you know, gay for each other. And Randall just goes, Elias, got to clean up your friend's throw up. <laughs> your new friend's throw up. So, so funny. Yes, that's that's probably one of the funniest scenes. So really in truth, like I said, anything with Randall 
and Elias is um, fantastic. And, uh, you know, the whole premise of this movie is Dante leaving town and leaving Randall behind. And that's one thing that Randall says that, uh, you know, when we get further into this universe will come into play is uh, Randall telling Elias that, you know, you're going to be my best friend when Dante's gone. Yeah. <laughs> so when Dante moves away, you and it's you and me. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I, I really, I really thought this was a good follow-up. I know that uh, a lot of people diehards of the original clerks movie probably didn't care for this one and it got critically panned. I'm sure because it's, not the greatest movie, but it it, it was different from Clerks One. They, they, yes, they put it was more, different enough. Yeah, you know, movie scenes in it, like you said, like the dancing scene on the roof and stuff like that. You yeah, know? yeah, um, uh, yeah. That's one thing that I, I, you know, you got the. I understood the dancing scene on the roof, but then having like the montage dance scene down in the parking lot, I'm just like, yeah, what is this? That's just Kevin Smith being Kevin Smith at that yeah. point. Because I think the dancing on the roof was pivotal, and that it kind of showed Dante that he really did. Oh yeah, he's totally yeah, he's totally into Becky. Like I need to be with her, you know. Uh, Yeah, like I said, maybe that's why he did the whole uh, random people dancing. Is like that's how Dante felt, you know. Like he was in that oh like situation. Like this is perfect, you know. This is how it should be. Okay, but I don't know. Yeah, it's it's hard to say, but I didn't I didn't really care for that. So did you have a favorite scene or a favorite? Oh, yeah, I, I already explained it. Okay. It was it was the Lord of the Rings. I I think it's weird, but I think mine. Jay and Silent Bob took the cake for me. I loved all their scenes in this one, um, but the the goodbye horse scenes. Oh, with Jay. and his and his and chapstick. Comes, Ooh, Ooh, yeah. <laughs> would you fuck me? <laughs> I'd fuck me. And then Emma comes in and and she's like, "Hey, I got a surprise for you, Dante." And they come running out, and, <laughs> and the goodbye horses is still playing, and Jay's just. <laughs> Naked, covering up his stick. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, is this my surprise? No. No. Yeah. I fucking loved it. Yeah. Uh, that's an, uh, speaking of Jay and Silent Bob, that's another good line. Uh, when they get pulled over by the police uh, for, uh, what's the word? So what'd you get pulled over for? Uh, it was something about like the potential of being mischievous. Or something. Yeah, something like that. And well, what were you doing? Oh, we were driving around with a deployed airbag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm a Bob on a car, and we were driving around with a deployed airbag. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's another good one. But yeah, you're right. The the Jay and Silent Bob uh, scenes were really good this time around. I mean, yeah. it's not that they were bad in Clerks, but uh, they just you know improved on them. They improved know? on them. Yeah. So. Uh, you haven't watched Clerks 3 yet, correct? Not yet. I okay. had borrowed it from you, and I was mm-hmm. popping it in, and I was like, I haven't seen Clerks 2 in a while, so I popped that in instead and, you know, right. caught up Which is that. fine, because, I mean, when I, like I said, when I watched Clerks 3, I ended up going back and watching Clerks 2 again, and then that triggered you to watch Clerks 2, which then triggered us to do an episode on it, uh, since we've been covering everything in the View Askew universe. Yeah. Um, one thing I love uh, that was a callback to Clerks 1 was at, at one point they're just like doing a little dance thing or whatever and Randall does his uh, his Randall walk that he does oh, at the very end of Clerks 1. here comes Randall. Yeah, he does that at some point and I love that. <clears throat> um, and then the other callback was at the end when they buy the new Quick Stop, it transitions back to black and white. Correct. And then that, and then the, it shows like the milkmaid, you know, yeah. looking for the better expiration date and yeah, stuff. And, and the guy, cigarette guy, who's, yep. you know, bag of cigarettes. Did you notice the name brand of the cigarettes? Mm, I don't know. It's called Nails. 
nails nails like a nail in the coffin yeah and then and then like one of the pictures is like showing like nails like a, like a uh a, a what do you call it like a a body cavity like x-ray or something where there's mm-hmm. like nails in the chest cavity or Jesus. something yeah but like all the cigarettes in the background are called nails yeah, and i'm pretty sure i saw the sign for chulies which is like the sure kevin smith made sure gum brand or and uh, there's cool. a there's a t-shirt that's that was made uh that you can buy on the like the jay and silent bob website that uh is more of in reference to clerks three that i think is hilarious but it's a chulies branded shirt not really appropriate for public yeah but uh it's it's pretty dang funny. Okay. So, um, anything else you want to add to Clerks 2? I'm sure we'll talk more about Clerks 2 when we talk about Clerks 3. Great movie. Because um, they transition well together. Yeah, just, when I was younger, I watched Clerks 1 and 2, and I just, I mean, they are funny, but they weren't, I was young, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So, watching them as an adult now, I mean, like, they were hilarious as hell because most of the movie is just the the tangents that they talk about you know the wild ass shit that they talk about yeah so as a kid you know you're like you're open for action or funny things to happen so it's more of an adult movie but i i cracked up as much <laughs> a lot this time so yeah great yeah. movie all right well at some point we're gonna watch clerks three we've got chasing amy to watch yep. um got dogma to watch yep um That's so we've got we've got a few more movies to go through uh but um uh, I think Clerks 2 is definitely up there on the top end of the list, like with Clerks, Mall Rats, and that sort of thing. I mm-hmm. preferred those movies versus like uh, Chasing Amy or Dogma or something like that. Yeah, I think it de- it definitely was very different from Clerks 1, but if you enjoyed Clerks 1, it's, it's a good sequel. It yeah. really is. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to wrap this episode up. Um, again, we're open by accident. You can catch us on Gmail if you want to send us an email with questions or anything like that. And... Uh, also on Instagram. So we appreciate all of our listeners and uh, hopefully be back for more. So we'll catch you on the next one. Yeah.